by saying that I find it just absolutely ironic. I'm I'm sure there's a better word than irony for this, but um, I find it ironic that now we're on day 967 of 14 days to flatten the curve, and the whole 967 days I've been told, oh, you know, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not credentialed. You know, we got all this infighting between the doctors like this doctor says something works this doctor says it doesn't there's this study and then that study's retracted and this one's not peer-reviewed enough and blah 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 point being the entire time that this has been going on what have i been lectured trust the science listen to the experts well why is it when you have something and i'm not even going to use the, the, the events that create these riots, which is police-involved shootings. But any criminal involvement, all of a sudden, everyone becomes a lawyer. And they start lecturing about what should and shouldn't have happened. Look, if you've never done law enforcement, and I'm not saying law enforcement is a prerequisite in the, in the understanding levels of force. But me personally, if you've never been in a situation where your life is threatened then you better just shut the fuck up. You better just shut the fuck up, keep your opinion to yourself, and refrain from speaking on situations that you have literally no experience on. If I had to shut up about virology and how the test kits don't really work because there's no such thing as a COVID-19 test kit, they can only test for the RNA in your uh, in your lungs. That's why the... <laughs> I'm about to just start cussing my head off on this podcast, and I don't want to do that, but that's why they have to shove that thing down the back of your throat, because the thing that they're looking for is RNA, which is produced when your body fights the virus, and that's why, depending on how much you want to magnify, they can make a positive out of almost anything, because they're going to find that RNA somewhere. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, is I just find it absolutely mind-blowing. Like, the people that yell at me about whether or not that I should be able to speak on the issue of the virus and how we're affecting billions of people's lives on the planet are the same people that lecture me that trust the experts that are the same ones turning around and becoming experts on the use of force in law enforcement. Now let's pivot again, because I'm not going to go into whether or not it was justified and this and that and the other thing. All I'm going to say is that I'm noticing in the year 2020 that the love and light movement 
has basically been hijacked by communists. Anyone in the year 2020 that is selling you anything that is hateful, and I mean anything, and this even goes for the whole, like, let's put pedophiles in the wood chipper. Like, it's disgusting. It's all disgusting. It's all gross. And when you get into the law of one and you learn about self and other selves and everyone's a reflection of you and blah, 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 etc., etc., you learn that the only thing that can stop the wheel is forgiveness. Period. So to think that in the year 2020, 2020, we're still having people sell us an agenda that includes violent behavior, it's appalling to me. We're, we're, in my opinion, the human race, because of its violent tendencies, is probably a thousand years behind where it should be. And that goes for everything. That means a thousand years technologically, culturally, you know, I guess technology and science are the same thing, but medically and just everything. We're, 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 <laughs> we're generations and generations and generations behind. Because of the way that we treat material things, because of the way that we treat each other, and because of what spirituality has been turned into on this planet. The spirituality on this planet was turned into religion, and religion has turned into us versus them. And now, I, I'm fairly confident, I've said it on the podcast before, but I consider myself a Christian but not in the terms of a practicing religious Christian, you know, and I don't have any intention on going out there and telling other people what to think. And that's one of the worries I have with this whole QAnon movement and, you know, the save our children and this and that, because it's so Christian centric. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, there is only love. Period. To love is to know God. And if someone comes from a background or a place of that, then that's all that matters. None of, none of the other stuff matters. But it, it just... I'm getting a little sidetracked here. I just... That I feel... I think the biggest thing is, is I just feel so much empathy for the United States recently. It is like, it, it just, it tears me apart to think that, and to think that George Soros is sitting there on his throne, freaking paying all these assholes to go out and riot. It just, it, it makes me want to puke, man. I don't, I don't, I need to accept it. I need to come from a place of acceptance. But it's very difficult because for me, I believe that God did not put me on this planet to be a fucking slave. Period. I am not here to be a slave to the pathetic, weak global elite who would be, without everyone else's consent, nothing. They need the consent. They need the complacency. They need the apathy of the many for the for the few and it just if and I'm so tired because every single time 
I bring this up with people, I get the same spiel every time. Oh, I'm just one person. Oh, there's nothing you can do. Oh, they have too much money. Oh, they have the government's too corrupt. Oh, it's just, you know, two wings on the same bird. What's it matter what party I vote for? Blah, 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 blah. Dude, if you don't want to vote, whatever, man. That That's your choice. I, I believe, like... I don't believe in the Australian version of democracy of giving you a fine every time you don't vote. If you don't want to vote, don't vote. But if you're not going to vote and you're going to bitch about the world that we live in, then I suggest you find your fucking soapbox, you get up on it, and you give your opinion on what we all should be doing. Because this is something that I've noticed. The more that I go out in public and I don't wear my slave muzzle, the more I notice other people recognize that in me, and they have to tell themselves after the interaction, even if it's as simple as walking by me, they have to sit there in their brain and tell themselves why they're not, why they're doing what the government says. And, you know, is this really helping? Like, this is six months after they said we were all going to die. I mean, seriously, how did we go from a virus that was going to kill the entire planet? to a virus with a survivability rate of 99.7, and for some reason, we have to continue the same exact course of when we thought the virus was going to kill half the population. It, it just, I, it blows my mind. And then I'm, now I'm getting this argument from people where it's, well, what if you killed someone, you know? What, what if you had it and someone got sick and died? Dude, people die every day. Every single day. Since when do we care? We've never cared. It took 20, it took people literally shooting themselves in the parking lot at the VA for the media to start covering that. Think about that. He's, stand, he's sitting in his car outside the VA, literally exhausting the options that are presented to him, and he thinks in his head, you know what, my country cares so little about me, I don't want to be here anymore. And then when you get into the drug overdoses and all, and this is, I don't think people really get this because the fentanyl bullshit poison from China that the Mexican cartels are putting in the drugs that are being shipped up the southern border. Most countries don't have to deal with this shit. I don't think people realize how many people my age are already dead. Two I went to school with that I can think of off the top of my head. And I recently had a friend of mine die at the age of 24. 24. And people used to not care because it was always the heroin. Now they're putting it in everything. 24. And I'm not saying his life choices were right. I'm just saying. Hundreds of thousands of people die every year from drug ODs and suicide and all the rest of it. And we don't care. Why the fuck do we care about this one? Well, I can tell you because, and this is something I wanted to make sure I said on the podcast today. When this first happened in March, 
Now, it happened way before that. They were prepping us in October, especially here in Australia, because they were putting the shit on the radio and the TV and whatnot about how bad China was and how, you know, the Chinese were burning bodies and it looked like a war zone and blah, 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 blah. Yet we didn't shut our border. Hmm, wonder why. Meanwhile, you got the Democrats in the United States calling Trump a racist because he banned Chinese uh, citizens from traveling into the U.S. in January. They Three months of that, people. Three months. They sat there and called him a racist for it. And they have the audacity to say that it's the Trump virus. Yeah, okay. Anyway, when this first happened in March... I remember I said that it was never going to go away. I had hope. I had the most hope in the world that it would. But I am all too familiar with once you give a right away, good luck getting it back. Because I can tell you right now, you ain't getting them back. You think this social distancing shit's going away? Think again. Registering with your phone every time you go to a restaurant or a pub? That ain't going anywhere, dude. Oh, here's a little cute tip for all you Australians out there. Remember how they lectured us about how safe the COVID safe app was and how it didn't really track you and like only one person had access to it? Well, here's the beauty of that app, and this is why they want half the country to have it. That app uses Bluetooth to track who's around you. And the app has a spyware made by the government that doesn't need to ask permission to pair to another Bluetooth device. So basically, everyone with the COVID Safe app is like a giant 20 meter disc of spyware collection for the, for the government. And if you think that they're not selling your information to the highest bidder, I don't know what to tell you. This is the world that we live in. Money talks, bullshit walks. So, and this, I, I think I mentioned this before. It blows my mind. Anyway, no, I, let, me, let me stick to the original point. The original point was I knew it wasn't going anywhere. Then... When the lockdowns got really, really, really heavy and the, basically the entire world was shut down for, I mean, pretty much everyone was shut down between like March and June. So April, May, June, three months, what was coming out? All, all the little bullshit left the articles on, on the internet. Oh, well, you know, the hole in the ozone closed. Like, that's the real victory here. Like... We're the real virus. How many memes were there back then? We're the real virus. Well, if we're the real virus and you want us all to die, then why the fuck do we care about a virus that kills 0.03% of people? Anyway. So this is how I, I just, I don't understand the logic. I just, I, but that's the thing. There, it doesn't need to make sense doesn't need to make sense. Anyway, here's my prediction, okay? Because Trump pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord. 
You have a lot of countries that aren't doing as much as they said they were going to be for the Paris Climate Accord. And if you're like me, and you went to college between the years of 2010 and 2015, then you know that the UN report called for people to start dying. Like, I mean, massive millions of deaths because of rising oceans by 2025. 2020 was supposed to be the year that we got to the point where the oceans were so heated that it was basically going to be like constant, just insane hurricanes and storms and blah, blah, blah. And then by 2025, it was supposed to be sea level rises to the point where the coastal cities are underwater. Well, then why is a house in Sydney still worth a million and a half dollars? I don't know. I guess they don't really think it's happening. But that's beside the point. By 2030, the, the water would be so warm that the ocean currents would stop. And then by 2035, the oceans would basically be dead. And we would all be dead because the oceans feed massive amounts of the population on Earth. And it has more to do with that. It's the way it controls weather systems and stuff like that, which that's all true. That's how it is. That, that, does, that, that is how it works. It's like how the, they're like, think of the ocean currents as the veins of the planet. They really do keep us alive. And I'm all about protecting the oceans. And this is, this is something that really pisses me off. It's like, there's a difference between climate alarmism and environmentalism. I'm an environmentalist. I don't like trash on my street. I don't like people pouring nitrates into the ground and using GMOs to grow food because, well, it's like the best. No, it's not. Or making commercial farming to the point where places like India are growing corn, because why not? Globalism. That's the shit that I have a problem with. Telling me that, oh, I gotta stop flying in an airplane while everyone that runs around and lectures me on it has a private jet. Like, dude, I'm not really cool with that. I'm not really cool with the fact that capitalism has freed billions of people on the planet from absolute poverty and giving people at least a chance. And seriously, I, I mean, honestly, in my prediction, if things weren't to change in 50 years, you, would, you wouldn't have any third world countries like you do today. It wouldn't exist because of the fact that how many people get running water and internet every single day, every year. 2020, this is a statistic that you won't hear many times this year because no one wants to be positive but the year 2020 saw more people than ever in history get running water and internet hundreds of thousands of people the poverty that we knew when we were growing up if you're a millennial generation and i hate using that term because i feel like the, the latter millennials that grew up with iPads aren't the same as those of us that grew up with, like, computers really being a household product when you were in your teens. But anyway, point is, is where, where was my point? Now I lost my train of thought. Ah, I had to go back and look. But the poverty that we knew back in the 80s, 90s, even early 2000s, it, it, it's not... It's not the same. It's not what it was. 
when I was in Afghanistan, dudes had cell phones. Like, where do you, how, how many more cell phones do you think there are in a place even like Afghanistan, you know, 10 years later? Hundreds of thousands, man. So the more it's allowed to run its course, the more you'll see change. And that's why I was very pleased to see Elon say that he thinks that there's going to be a population crisis in, t in 10 years, 20 years. And he's right, because I've, I've taken these classes, I've seen the statistics, I've read them. What happens is in a wealthy country, and this is why you have countries like Germany putting out state-funded commercials that talk about you know, having kids and whatnot, because they understand that the more wealth that a country develops, the less likely they are to reproduce. And I think there's several reasons for that. One, I think it's the, the whole everyone needs a career thing. Well, if you want a career, a hard thing to have to have a career is a child. And I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm saying that if people have to choose between making money and having a kid, a lot of people are going to pick the money. Two, I think that in wealthy countries, they don't want family as much as other countries do. Because, and this is one of the things that I've always theorized on, is that in the poor countries, they have so many kids because every kid is basically an insurance policy. I mean, where the death rates are so high, and if you get hurt, you lose your job, and all the rest of it, they see kids as an insurance policy. They see them as a life uh, a, a, a retirement package. It's like they're 401k, man. Can't work forever. Period. So, anyway, I don't know how I got so far off that tangent, but I would just, guys, I'd keep an eye out because this is not going away. I'm telling you, because now, and I, I, I thought that was hilarious because I saw it on Tucker yesterday that the World Health Organization, which I love all these fancy terms. It's like, how do you argue with World Health Organization, man? Like, it could be anybody up there, and he's got the title of World Health Organization founder or CEO or directorate or whatever. How do you challenge that in the world that we live in where everything's about credentials? Are you credentialed? Do you have a degree in what you're speaking on? <laughs> what a joke, man. I went to college. Those kids can't even read. They can't even read. I remember we were reading Aristotle in one of my courses. I think it was, I don't know, I'm pretty sure it was when I got taught by this crossover from Harvard that was always lecturing me on my white privilege and why I couldn't have an opinion ever. But anyway, we're sitting there in class, and he's having he, basically popcorn, which I can't stand this kind of college. I like the college where I walk in, the professor gives me my lecture, gives me my reading assignments, and I go home. I'm not there to be in high school. like all the, And I'm not saying you can't have discussion. But to come in and like do your reading assignments during the class is a waste of time to me. Anyway... Long story short, this is why I saw it as a waste of time because I had to sit there and basically play popcorn reading with these kids. For any of you that don't know what popcorn reading is, it's where he calls on one person to the next, 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 
you don't know if you're going to get called on, so you got to pay attention. Anyway, I'm listening to these kids read, and they're sounding out the phonetics of these words. It's like, dude, this isn't high school. These are supposed to be the best and brightest that Illinois has to offer. Top 25 university, at least for my degree it was. And they can't even read a fucking book. Now, maybe we could give them the excuse of, oh, well, they're nervous. Well, <laughs> I doubt it. Because it was the same way when I was in high school. These kids cannot read. And there's nothing that a professor can teach you that you can't pick up a book and learn yourself. Everything is objective, including the professors. They have their opinion. That's why they pick specific books. They pick specific authors. Because they agree with them. And it's just, there's, no, there's zero critical thinking in universities today. I had one professor the entire time I was there that allowed critical thinking. I could disagree with her on every single thing she said, and as long as I wrote my paper with coherent sentences in order and referenced my statistics and information, I got an A. And then you had other professors that would openly call me racist and misogynistic and this and xenophobic and blah, 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 blah. And no matter how well I wrote my paper, no matter how well I did my essays, I got a B minus. But hey, at least he was nice enough to give me a B minus. Nice guy, right? Good on him. If there's any advice that I could give on, I don't know, <laughs> everyone's journey, because I believe everyone's journey is pretty similar, it's that just follow your curiosity, man. Just follow your curiosity. You would be surprised where it, would lead, well, where it will lead you. And that is the beautiful thing about the year 2020, is that while I read a book, if I have a question, I have a machine, normally near me, next to me, whatever, that can literally answer any question I have. And, th and this, is, this is what blows my mind about humanity right now. In your pocket, <laughs> you have a device that can research and look up Anything, anything you can think of. And because most of you won't go past page one on your search result is the reason why we're in the predicament today. I recently spoke with someone that didn't believe me that Google controls who's on the front page. Who's on the search results? Who's number one? You don't think these people pay to be there? Are you nuts? Do they give out free advertisement on the front page of a newspaper? 
Oh my goodness. I just, wow. <laughs> wow, man. Why can't we believe that the richest corporations in the country have an agenda? Why is it that the ones that are always lecturing me about how evil capitalism is and those damn billionaires fucking buddy up to Facebook, Instagram, well, they're owned by the same person, uh, Twitter, YouTube, all the rest. Those are the good billionaires, I guess. They're okay. They're all right. Same thing with this who gets to be open and not. People have no problem going to fucking McDonald's and buying a burger and getting served by them, but they're too scared to go to work. Is McDonald's really essential, guys? Really? One in four Americans die of heart disease every year? Is it essential? I hope not. Yeah, there you go. I'm going to look it up just, just for the people out there that think that I'm bullshitting all the time. Right here, cdc.gov slash heart disease slash facts dot htm. About 647,000 Americans die from heart disease each year. That's one in every four deaths. Heart disease costs the United States about $219 billion each year from the year 2014 to 2015. This includes the cost of health care services, medicine, and lost productivity due to death. Now, you tell me why it's okay to spend 220 billion fucking dollars a year on heart disease and we don't spend a dime in prevention if this were any other country on the planet they'd be telling their people to get outside get walking Get moving, they'd ban high fructose corn syrup, and they would ban the fucking GMOs. But America doesn't give a shit about you. It never has. It doesn't care. Insurance companies make a great deal of money off of you. By the way, here's another statistic that I learned when I was in school. The insurance companies count for almost a quarter of GDP in the United States. So is it any wonder why they're so willing to do whatever it takes for them? Should make people sick. The problems that we've had for the last 50 years should make people sick. And yet we're putting this much effort and energy into something that isn't even a top 20 killer. The fact that you have children in the U.S. being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes should be enough to make your fucking eyeballs pop out of your head. But it ain't enough. And I'm not sure if it ever will be. Because they've got people so brainwashed 
that, like Yergi says, I can present the facts all I want. It's not going to be enough. You can walk them. China's doing it right now. You can take them to the work and labor camps. They're basically concentration camps in China. A true application of the word. Not the bullshit I had to hear about the southern border. True concentration camps where literally people are scooped out of their home by the government, blindfolded, put on a train, sent to a fucking camp in the middle of nowhere, and then beaten if they don't work. Because why? Oh, well, they had the crime of having spirituality. I could take them there. I could show them that. And they would still lecture me in morality and why BLM is actually a good thing. I just want to finish with this last point. And this is so true for the modern liberal that I went to school with at the University of Illinois. If by your logic, the government has always consistently lied and used deceit to control anyone who's not of a white male background, then why on God's green earth do you believe them now? And I believe I said this in the last podcast. It just, it blows my mind that people think they're somehow different from those that came before us. You're no different. In fact, you may even be worse. Because I'm fairly confident that many of our ancestors, if they were brought to this reality... And given the opportunity that we have and the information that we have, shit would be a lot different. And the final, final point of today will be this. In my opinion, it's a fact, but we'll, we'll, we'll stick with what I know and what I believe. Reincarnation is real. You are infinite. You will never end. This is just, I like calling it the meat suit, because it's like a car. It's like a car that you, I, well, you kind of do get to pick. I'm pretty sure your higher self gets to pick and choose, at least to a certain extent, what you will look like. But it's basically nothing but a vehicle for you to experience this density dimension and explore the possibilities of infinite, infinite creation. Okay. To get caught up on something as stupid as race is so ignorant and short-sighted, minded, whatever. You're missing the plot, man. And I've said it before, maybe it'll take some alien species coming down here and trying to enslave us. For us to realize that we're all the same human race. You, you really want to know what makes us different? Where our ancestors did most of their evolving. 
That's it. And there's a very disgusting argument on the planet about how white people don't have melanin. And that's why they I hear melanin all the time over there on CNN. Melanin this, melanin that, my melanated little heart. The reason why we don't have the same amounts of melanin as they do, because we grew up in an environment where the fucking sun's only going to give us a tan three months out of the year. That's why. A white person will absorb vitamin D from the sun six times faster than the other races. Because every single second, every single little ounce of sunlight that we can afford to get is required. Whereas if you grew up near the equator, gee, wonder why you don't need it. And anyone that wants to play the race card, I'm telling you, man, your past lives were most likely the race that you're bitching about. You're one of these people that complains about white people. You were probably a slave owner. You're one of these people that thinks that you're superior to any other race. You probably were a slave back in your day. Get over yourself. On that cheerful note, I'll wrap it up. Because I, I could keep going today. I could keep going for hours and hours and hours. But we'll wrap it up there. 